Hello and you're very welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. I'm Anna Cullen. I'm Paddy Common. Today we're joined by Jarlett Sweeney, who is editor and publisher of Fleet Magazine and also Joe McLaughlin from Cozy Campers. We're going to discuss a trend that has swept the nation over the past few years, camper vans, of course. Now this episode is longer than usual, but it is definitely worth a listen. AA membership comes with lots of great benefits. Breakdown service, 365 days a year, so you'll never be left stranded. Roadside rescue, we won't just tow your car, we fix 8 out of 10 at the roadside. Our personal cover means you're covered in any car, even when you're not the driver. Home start, cover when you're at home, perfect if your car has been lying idle for a while. To find out more, go to theaa.ie. So, Jarlett Sweeney is the publisher of a number of transport titles, including caravancruise.ie, so he is well qualified to talk us through the camper van scene here in Ireland. Okay, well, Jarlett, you're very welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. Thanks for coming on. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Anna. Well, look, it seemed that everyone was kind of buying a camper van or, you know, motorhome during the pandemic. And it seemed, even if you look at social media and the likes, it seemed that there was this boom. Was that always the case or was it just during the pandemic? No, well, it's it's, it's, uh, it's funny. The, the, the whole staycation uh, lent itself towards this move back to, to uh, the outdoors and, and uh, camper vanning and caravanning. And uh, at one stage, we had about nine to 10,000 motorhomes, caravans or campervans within the, the Irish population area. Then there was a, a serious decline because the government in their wisdom changed the excise duty and they pushed it from 13.5% to 33%. And that really affected the, the sales, of, particularly of new vehicles. With regard to the imports, they kind of remain steady. But as you probably discovered, a uh, majority of the imports were actually left on drive and that didn't suit everybody, particularly if they were just touring Ireland, uh, if they were touring abroad, perfect, all right, yes. On, on reflection, Anna, with last year, particularly last summer, and uh, if you remember, the uh, the lockdown had very, very good weather uh, during particularly the month of May and uh, people just wanted to get out and go to the coastal areas. And uh, as you know, I'm from Mayo and I have uh, relatives in Ackill and we went down during the summer quite a bit, but I tell you, there wasn't a blade of grass down there that wasn't actually covered by a camper van or a motorhome. Yeah. And that, that has its own issues as well because of the fact that a, that the facilities of these areas may not be able to cover everything that's required from, from uh, sewerage and, and water and, and the other uh, amenities that's required. And secondly, that the quality of what was actually on the road, I would have a concern about, certainly, because there was a lot of uh, deals done through the internet uh, by people, especially customers that may not be fully au fait with what, what they were buying. And uh, with regard to the standard, I would have an issue as well because of, of the the various complications within the fittings, like the, the gas uh, structure as a gas for the cooking and also for the electrics, for the, the heat and the cooling and, and the showers and all of that. But in general, I didn't hear any any major stories or any major issues. You also have to look at the reliability of the actual vehicle itself, getting you from A to B, uh, particularly if you're touring the country. But it's uh, that said, it's an absolutely wonderful way of uh, seeing the country. There are two set really... Um, 
clientele. You have young families with young kids, young young children. And uh, I wore that hat for a while. For 10 years, we had a camper van and we toured Ireland and went to Italy and went to France. It's a wonderful way to see. Uh, it's an education system for kids. It's a great sense of adventure. Gives them a great appetite. <laughs> You sleep in a camper van like never before. I used to love it because uh, it's a great way to switch off. And uh, yes, uh, the facilities around Ireland have improved quite a bit. And uh, there are about 100 uh, camper van sites. Uh, there are more developments with regard to developing these airs, as they call them, which are really a basic uh, facility just to park, change your water, plug in for, for electrics, and you pay a minimal fee and you move on. Whereas the so others are, are dedicated campsites. Do you think that we have enough campsites in Ireland? Like I was in Donegal at the weekend. I've been in Mayo, Sligo. There's quite a few, but do you think that there's enough? No, there aren't enough. And even before this boom, there weren't enough. So, for example, if you're an ardent camper vanner, you were... A, possibly a member of a, a club, and they would do some block bookings around the country. So you could actually plan your, your, your routes for the summer and you'd be guaranteed an entry to these facilities if it's for only one night or three nights or four nights, whatever you want to do. With regard to um, what is happening now is that there's a lot of wild camping, as we call it, and it's not seen to be the best practice within the industry because of the fact that where do you... Uh, dump your rubbish where do you yeah. change your water and you know from an environmental point of view it's not really the the, the best way to do it okay we, I, I may be tiring people with the brush but in essence uh, there are some very very environmentally conscious people out there and they will bring home all the rubbish and but it's not the, the case with everyone not the case because they just don't have the resources to store these uh, the waste water and the black water as they yes. call it yeah. uh, and, and uh, to actually replenish that as well they have to go and try and find these things you know so service stations at, at uh, various places around the, around the country would be, you probably probably see them pulling in and, and uh, I've noticed as well that uh, some hotel car parks would have camper fans on site uh, and, and uh, yeah the, the air system is is is, is starting to be developed but that only has to be done through the local uh, authorities the local county councils because they have okay. to put these in place and then again you see they have the, the infrastructure to allow for that as well with the water and, and all of that and for something like 15 euro you can do that overnight our local question centre actually in Clamaris has done this and they have put up um, the air system they have to plug in and uh, the, all the, the showers and, and the, the water uh, ingress and upgrades and all of that so for 15 euros a very very good value whereas a camper van site which has more uh, we say structural facilities in place that could range from 35 to 50 euro a night depends on the size of your, your camper how many berths it has and uh, some prime locations actually on the site as well if you want to see you and that kind of thing is just like your holiday apartment almost you know yeah yeah, yeah. so look Janet going back to the beginning then if yes. if someone you know there's lots of camper vans and motorhomes out there from the basic ones to the most expensive ones could you talk me through a few of those from the bottom up sure, so to speak sure well there are three distinct categories of camper vans okay uh, you probably are aware of the we call it the compact one like the uh, Caddy California from Volkswagen, yes. which is really a small van and the, the back stretches out and you can actually attach a, ca a tent onto the back of it, which facilitates the, the younger ones, shall we say, the older ones are like a bit more comfortable. 
That moves on to a, a three and a half ton panel van, which is like a Fiat Ducato or, or, or a Peugeot uh, or, or something similar, a Ford Transit of two ton uh, nature, as they call it. Okay. And that price element goes maybe from 30,000 to about 50,000 for okay. a, a converted fully uh, integrated uh, camper van that would have some cooking facilities water facilities but may not have a shower might have an external shower as they call it okay so then you have the b-class as we call it which is a chassis and cab of a van manufacturer with the engine so if you just have the the, the chassis and the cab and then there's a body built on uh, onto that by an, uh, an expert company more than likely either french english spanish and they specialize in actually buying the chassis from the manufacturer like fiat or peugeot again or ford or mercedes and they plonk uh, their newest design of, of a body on the back of that and that can accommodate up to seven people or can only do two people depends on the design and, and, and shape and size that you want yeah and that can uh, again it's, it's under the three and a half ton regime and the reason i say that is that you can also drive it with your car license but anthony you go above that you need a d license like it's a commercial vehicle license okay for drivers yeah we so, might get into um, yes. licensing a bit sure, a bit yes. later on so um that can range from 50,000 to 100,000 for, for a new one okay. for, for, for that type of vehicle. And then you have the, uh, the flagship models, which is a fully integral, a fully integrated um, motorhome, more than, than a camper van. And that's 100,000 plus. And again, it can accommodate up to seven, maybe even eight people, it depends on uh, the size of it. But, you know, you're looking at um, a vehicle that, that is... Larger than the others, uh, it, it takes a, a bit of, of getting used to with the, the actual dimensions of it. You know, from, from people that drive cars and then move into a commercial vehicle, it, 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 there is a transition required as the guards get your, your, your angles right getting into these places. And also that uh, when you're parking up that you have to have your, your dedicated spot and that is not, you know, pressing out on another site and all of that, you know. So, yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's more of, of a... Um, we call it uh, a premium type vehicle for uh, a longer ownership and also for more usage. And this is what I was saying earlier, Anna, that you have two distinct uh, categories. One is the, the uh, young families with young children, and then you have the more retired uh, element for, for uh, couples that like to just tour at home and abroad. And they would tour quite a lot, actually. You know, the, the whole um, camper van, caravan, motorhome business uh it's seasonal so you're you're talking about from march to september but the uh, the older uh, age group would certainly tour all year round and they don't mind the cold because everything's there they have heat and, and they have hot showers and they can plug in and uh, anywhere they go they have everything they need so it sounds just from talking about the prices it sounds like there must be a lot of research involved and it's important to do your research before you start well i i'm um, of the opinion that to get the maximum use out of a camper van, you could use it as a second vehicle. And one of my regrets is that we, when we had ours, uh, we, it was a, a five-berth twin-wheel Ford Transit with a uh, chassis and cab body, like I described, the B-Class. But it was lying there for pretty much eight months of the year, and it was a waste. My, my, my idea was that you'd have a, a converted van, uh, like a panel van, mm -hmm. but you'd have three seats at the back with three seat belts 
two seats at the front and that you'd use it as, as an everyday vehicle, whether it's a school run, whether it's a, a sports run or whatever you want to do. But actually you're using it all the time because when you consider that the battery runs down when it's idle and you have two batteries, you have the one that uh, mechanizes the electric, the the actual vehicle itself, and then you want this for for all the electrics in the in the vehicle. So you have to keep charging that. Uh, it trickle charges is called it during the winter because otherwise it'll be go dead. So from from um, uh, th- there are two options, and one is that you. Uh, buy a panel van, a uh, used one, and uh, if you're anyways handy with your hands and carpentry and all that, you could actually fit in the panels, but then you'd have to get an expert to put in the gas uh, fittings and also the uh, the water uh, fittings that you need yes. for, for intake and outtake. So um, then uh, from, from that point of view, it's probably the cheapest way to do it, but uh, it's probably the most basic way to do it as well. And, and if you can live with that, that's fine. But a lot of people would enter in that way and then move on to, I would say, a more commercially or, oriented vehicle that would be provided by, by the particular brands that are, are out there at the moment. There's quite a number in the, in the British market. Uh, there are actually uh, Bailey's, for example, and, and they actually do the whole business themselves. So you just go to them. There's another one in Huddersfield, Wellhouse Leisure. They do a fantastic job on the smaller vans, as in the Ford Transit. And uh, I think they've produced just their hundred, uh, sorry, the first thousand units in the last two years. And that is fully approved by Ford, which is very important as well, because you have the full warranty cover as well, if anything goes wrong. So, uh, yeah, there, there are many options out there, but the, the buyer, as you say, needs to do a lot of research. Uh, then you have the dedicated retailers uh, from Donegal to Tipperary to Ennis. They're all spread around the country. And just to visit them, uh, have a look around, see what, what, what's available. There are two big shows in Birmingham as well, uh, one in February and one in October at the NEC. Uh, and there is just a haven for campervans and caravans. If you want to go to the Mecca of this is the place to go and you would spend days just looking at the various types and the various uh, ones that might suit you because again you have to get something that suits your family and your or, or your needs it yeah can't be too big, so can't would be too it be small. easier then instead of just going out and, and buying one would it be easier just to rent one just to see what you think yes that's very good advice and I have I've mentioned that to several people uh, actually I just got a call just this weekend about that uh Due to the, the whole aspect of, of, of the whole staycation business, the prices went up for the, for the rentals, but also there was a serious scarcity of vehicles as well, so that people had to really book in advance. Yes. But any advice that I would give uh, is, is, if you wish to pursue and invest in a camper van, take it out for three to four days. Get the, f- the feeling of it because it is quite claustrophobic now. And We're see if used- it's really what you want because exactly. you might be in love yes. with the idea rather yes, than yes, yes, it. Yes, but also getting used of. of brushing up against people. I know we're, we're so used to social distancing now, but it was within your own family, it's fine. But uh, we're all used to big kitchens now and, and en suites and all of that. But when you come to the confines of, of a caravan or a camper van, uh, it, it does take a bit of getting used to. And everything has to be done uh, thanks to our Irish weather, you know, if we have some wet days, so everything has to be done inside. Now, you, a lot of people would have a canopy over uh, the side of the, the vehicle, which would allow for extra space, for especially if we were eating and that. But what I found was that um, it, it does take a few days to get used to it, even from the driving point of view, but also internally. And then you have to find your, your comfortable bed. You know how they con- they, the seating area converts into a bed and uh, some of them have, have um, a pop-down uh, kind of uh, 
a suspended bed. Others have, have a bed over the roof. Uh, the one that we had had that, and our lads just absolutely loved that because that was their own little den, and uh, they had the steps up, and they could just uh, escape, pull over the curtains. So we didn't know what they were at, but they were enjoying themselves. I mean, so <laughs> <laughs> looking at movies and stuff. And you have your TV and uh, full satellite system and all of that. And okay. when you go to the caravan park, you plug in your electric, so you have no issues about that. And you, the water is always nearby and, and you, there's various chores you have to do when you set up like that you know yeah and continuing with the research then just the legal side of things and yes. paperwork and yes. you know tax insurance <laughs> license yeah there are a number of areas you have to to, to cover there and one is that the local authority has to approve the vehicle first uh, to get a rate of taxation uh, it's, it's like a, a van or a commercial vehicle but in, in, when, when you do that then you, you state that you're going to convert it to a camper van you have to change it from, from um, uh, a commercial vehicle to uh, a, an in one which is camper van type which immediately reduces the actual uh, price of the motor tax the motor tax is quite cheap in these vehicles which is surprising it's just o- just over 100 euro and the insurance is also quite cheap as in about 50% less of, of our, what we normally have in, in a commercial vehicle for example okay. but that is only to use it as a camper van so if you're using it for for multi-purposes like i suggested earlier on you're going to have to declare that this is going to be used for other other uh, uh, areas of, of transport shall we say so the local authority would have to prove it then you have the um, the customs and excise to have to look at it particularly from from um, a vrt point of view because it has to be valued Mm-hmm. And then there's a VAT rate on top of that. So all of these areas have to be covered before it actually tick the box that, that you can uh, go ahead and, and finish your, your business as, as in the conversion and, and drive away and into, uh, into the sunshine, as they say, you know. But on to Agro yeah, Island. Yeah, that, the, the, the revenue.ie have, have a lot of information on that. And uh, a lot of the, the we could say, the... Uh, sellers of, of the, the camp vans would have all this information for you anyways to, just to reduce the stress involved and, and, and the time that you need to research because like you said a lot of these decisions are spontaneous you know and you want it now and you just don't want to be bogged down with paperwork uh, the the documentation point of view there's a bit of work to be done there and uh, the the valuation what I would suggest is that when, when you are getting it valued that you have as less uh, equipment in it as possible because the more you have in it the more the higher it's going to be as regards the uh, VRT and all of that and so yeah it's it's um, something that you must consider but uh, from from an everyday use point of view, uh, make sure that you have a spare wheel, for example. Uh, some of the, as you know, a lot of the cars and, and, and vans nowadays have this um, alternative system, you know, with, the, with the, the pump action and all that, which is really not very good when you're at the side of the road down in Ackle or anywhere else uh, in Kerry and yeah. you're trying to figure out what this is all about. And <laughs> it's raining Middle of and nowhere. the kids are getting a bit cranky. And <laughs> yeah, you have a lot going on. on. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You don't need extra stress. No, um, so the licenses then, yes. you touched on it earlier. Yeah, well, it's, it's fairly straightforward. Anything that's under three and a half tonnes, uh, it's your car licence will do, uh, no problem. Uh, but if it goes beyond that, and, and there is kind of a thin line with the, the B-class, when I mentioned about the, the chassis cab and the body, because that is quite heavy in itself. And then if you start loading up bikes, or if you start up you know, uh, kayaks and all that kind of stuff, and um, if it's not declared that is over three and a half tonnes, you could actually get caught uh, in a number of ways. One is that you have the correct licence and you're actually overweight, so you could actually be penalised for being overweight as well. But, see, when it goes to three and a half tonnes, 
uh, even though it won't be requiring a tachograph uh, like they have for, for commercial vehicles, you still have to have the D licence to, to, to drive it. And that actually can actually restrict couples using it because uh, the two people in the family may not have actually a, a D licence. So, you know, it's a bit of a process then try to go and do your, your test and all that. So, you know, just be careful that it remains under three and a half tonnes. Like we did see the staycations and we were restricted to just Ireland. But if you have a camper van or a motorhome and you want to not only travel around Ireland, you want to expand now and you want to go into Europe, would you recommend left-hand drive or right-hand drive? Well, it's again, it's, it's, it's what, what we did actually was we uh, hired the camper vans over there in France initially. Okay. Because... We live a very busy life and, 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 and uh, holiday time has to be maximised. What I found is, and after my research, that it would take three days to get to Italy. And those three days, your holiday's gone because you spend most of the time in a boat or, or, or trying to cross land, which is only getting from A to B rather than actually being on holiday. So what we did was, for example, when we went to Italy, uh, we actually uh, hired the vehicle in Turin and we went to... Um, to, to Pisa and over to Florence and Florence to Pescara and back down to Rome over 10 days and it was absolutely wonderful now the caravan parks and sites they're absolutely fabulous they're huge I mean an average um, pitch size in Ireland would be between 70 and 100 pitches these are 550 now the actual price overnight was 85 euro which is quite expensive but then they had two restaurants on sites they had swimming pools they had football pitches they had beaches they, you know it was absolutely fabulous and you'd stay for more than one night to get the maximum out of it but um, from, from a French point of view they have the air so it's far more economical to get around but then you have a lot of tolls in, in France as you know so you have to kind of work your way around that but it's all part of the exercise it's all part of the enjoyment and again you know there's so much to see but you need time you need plenty of time when if you're going abroad whereas in Ireland you know you can do a day or two or you can do a Thursday to a Monday and you still can see a lot of the country and you can if you do your search right book in in various places from an Irish perspective we are more motorhomes than caravans but in the UK it's more caravans than motorhomes we, we've written about this and, you know, how do you compare the two and which is the best for you and all this kind of stuff. Actually, we had a caravan as well as, as a camper van for our business. And um, Carl Doyle McCulloch loved the caravan because what he could do is that you drive to a site, you park up and you go off in your car, your car to various other sort of sites. Whereas we loved the, the camper van, but we actually had to do our touring during the day. And then you go to your caravan park at six o'clock that evening and you're parked up for the night. And then you don't leave until maybe 10 or 11 o'clock the next morning. But you're actually restricted then to your movements once you're parked up because you have to do all the, the chores, as I said, with the water and, and, and setting up the canopy and, and uh, all of that. But, you know, there's pluses plus and minus. It's just what you favour. A caravan is far more economic to, to, to buy and uh, you can get very good use out of it. And uh, the, the manoeuvrability, you know, a lot of the technology now is like what we've seen with some of the, the trailer assist on, on the, the vans that it can actually get a trailer assist on the caravan that will actually reverse into a site for you. With regards to uh, facilities, uh, they have improved quite a lot over the, over the, over the last 10 years particularly uh, the standards is, is increasing all the time because the customer demanded you know if, if you know uh, the, the Bush Telegraph goes around to say that there was one particular facility that there wasn't uh, great 
I guarantee you that it'll be spread around the country in a very short time because as I mentioned about these clubs or associations there are a number of them uh, involved with the, the caravans and campervan people and they have r- rallies as they call them so they go around to the various places around the country and they just talk caravans and campervans it's a bit like a motorbike fraternity they just, just talk what they, what they, what they uh, experience and, and uh, both their vehicles and all of this and it's, 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 it's a great education system as well because they learn a lot in a very short time you know, you have the veterans that, that would be able to tell you quite a bit about their experiences and what to the pitfalls and what to, to look out, particularly from a winter maintenance point of view. Because uh, I learned uh, pretty soon that you get a little um, trickle charger for your battery rather than, you know, just letting it die and then you bring it to the garage, you get it uh, recharged and then it drops down again and all that. So for a very small fee, you get... Um, a uh, trickle charger and, and you can just pick up yeah. tips as yes, well from yes, from yes. speaking to different people so Absolutely. I think the main thing to take away from this is to do your research as well look thanks a million for joining us That's on true. the podcast today you've lots of information <laughs> so yeah thank you very much I also had a very interesting chat with Joe from Cozy Campers about the technicalities of converting a camper van and he also gave some very sound advice for those starting out so we'll have a listen to that now. You're very welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Tell me a little bit about the work that you do. So I run a, a business called Cozy Campers, um, which nowadays essentially sells what we call vehicle conversion parts. So for the purpose of this, I guess that, that involves selling conversion parts to people who want to turn an ordinary everyday commercial vehicle into a camper van or a motorhome, if we can call it that. Um, so that involves selling everything from cooker sinks, fridges to insulation, windows um, and everything else that turns a commercial vehicle into a, a camper van. So you don't do the work, you just sell the parts for someone to do the work, is that's, that correct? That's exactly what we do. Um, the, the nature of our business has changed in the last kind of three to four years. Um, if we, we can go back to 2006 when... when Cozy Campers was Cozy Classics and, and we had a conversion company and we used to convert originally old classic Volkswagens into camper vans then we moved on to more modern uh, camper vans such as Volkswagen Transporters, Renault Traffics etc um, and then the last kind of three to four years we, we've changed from being a, a, a conversion company into a company that supplies parts to other companies who convert vehicles into whatever it is they're going to convert them into including camper vans but also to private individuals who want to turn their, their commercial vehicle into a, car, a camper van um, and, and that, yeah, that's what we do. So it was set up in 2006. Yeah, a long time ago now, yeah. <laughs> and have you always been, have you always been busy or did you see a recent kind of boom in the last three to four years, especially during the pandemic? The the, the conversion side of our business was always busy. Um, over the last five years, our part sales have increased exponentially. Um, that was really, really... Um, uh, noticeable during the pandemic um, essentially we were physically closed as a, a walk-in store um, but we were selling parts online um, both to, to conversion businesses and also to private individuals and I guess for a lot of different reasons um, during that time camper van building became extremely popular um, because I suppose a lot of people were at home um, and not 
physically in work and they had time um, and money to spend on something that maybe had been a dream for a long time. Um, people couldn't travel abroad. And so the idea of, you know, being able to uh, drive to, to beautiful parts of our island and see parts of the country that they'd never seen before was something that appealed to a lot of people. Um, during the time also, I suppose, the likes of Instagram and, and van lifers with their photographs of people, you know, opening their back doors, looking out at the ocean, inspired a lot of people. And, you know, so let's go back then to the start. Mm. And you mentioned there that someone might have a dream yeah. to do this. And they want to make that dream a reality, but they have absolutely no idea where to start. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend they do? Like, we, 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 we I suppose, we, we sell parts online, which, and, and there's information which accompanies the, the, the online um, store. But if you're somebody who isn't, I suppose, familiar with the process or, or very knowledgeable in the area, the best thing to do really is to call in. Um, we, we're based in Green Oak Industrial Estate. You'll find us online and um, you'll find air codes to find here. But just give us a call, come in and have a chat because it's a daunting thing to take on. Um, you know, you can watch all the YouTube videos in the world and sometimes you're just more confused once you've finished watching them than you were when you started. So... Come in, have a chat. We'll talk you through the process, where to start, um, you know, the choices that are involved. And, and then you can decide for yourself what works for you because what works for the next person may not necessarily suit you depending on, on where you're going and what you're doing and how you're using your van and who's going to be with you, how long you're staying. There's a lot of variables. So the best thing really is to kind of make a plan that works for you. And talk to someone in person or over the phone. That's, yeah, that's yeah, the best yeah. advice. Look, uh, we, we, we've been in this conversion industry, if I call it, call it that, since 2006. So we are not now converting vehicles, but for the last you know, 10, 12 years, that's exactly what we've been doing. So it's something we know inside out. Um, and I'm not saying we're always right, but we can give an opinion, and an opinion that we've gained knowledge from for the last you know, 12 years. So yeah, I think that's the best starting point for somebody who isn't too confident in what they're going to take on. And if they're looking then at vehicle types... And, you know, they want to convert a van or or the likes. What types of vehicles do you think are the best or what brands? Well, I suppose best is a tough one. We'll break it down into two categories rather than brands. So, um, and, and I might use brands to, to differentiate them. But like, let's say we, we call a small van the likes of a Volkswagen Transporter. So you know whether it be a Volkswagen Transport or Renault Traffic Ford Transit Custom this kind of mid-size van um, which are are popular for a couple of reasons because A people will use them on a daily basis so essentially they're just like a small car these are the kind of vehicles that we primarily converted when we were doing conversions for that reason you know you can have a a practical five-seater family vehicle which you can head away with at the weekend in terms of cooking facilities and sleeping and such so they make a lot of sense for some people Um, for other people who want to have facilities such as hot water and showers and more storage and don't want to be raising roofs and stuff like this, then the likes of the Fiat Ducato, the Mercedes Sprinter, the Renault Master would all be popular vehicles to convert, but probably not something that you're going to use on a daily basis as a car, primarily a camping vehicle. But then on the positive side, you have all those facilities that you're not going to get in the smaller vehicle, as I mentioned, the shower and the hot water and, uh, you know, a flushing toilet and such, which are nice things to have in, in a camper. The cost as well, you know, a lot of people may not want to spend a lot of money 
on this and they might be on a budget. Is it possible to do it on a budget or, you know, what would be the max that someone would have to spend? I suppose it's like everything else in life. Um, You'll spend what you have to and some people will be perfectly happy um, and like the idea of upcycling and recycling and using as many... um, you know, older materials as they possibly can. And that's certainly a trend at the moment. Um, from Would you a, recommend that? Uh, look, absolutely. In, 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 look, there, there are advantages and disadvantages to everything. You, you may not come in to me and buy panels that I sell, and that's okay. But in terms of electrical components and windows and stuff, um, th- that's kind of a, a common place to start. And um, People will have various different ways of insulating vehicles. Again, what we sell will be kind of vehicle-specific People, people, you know, you, you don't have to spend thousands and thousands. You certainly can. You know, we, we'd have people who would spend, you know, 15 grand on parts for a build. Um, but it just depends on what the individual wants. Some people just want to have, you know, something that will hold a mattress and somewhere that they can make a cup of tea and, and, and head off surfing on, on, on Friday evening and stay for the weekend in the west of Ireland. And that's what they want and that's okay. For the other people, they want something that they can live off grid in and work from and, you know, and, and that's that's a, another end of things. So it just depends on, on what level of luxury that you want um, and, and, and what sophistication that you want. And, and I suppose we're all different. And I suppose that comes back as well to having the chat with ye yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, finding Look, out and, exactly what you want. Exactly. Look, and, and, and we're not about high pressure sales and trying to get as much money as pe- out of po- people as possible. Whatever you're into, that's for you. You know, if you want to, to put their various different systems in, we have lots of different options across the board. So, and again, depending on your budget and, and how you're going to use it, and you know, there, there are options for, for most people. So... Fitting it out then, where do you start? Is it possible to do it themselves firstly or do they have to go to somebody to get it done? And then if they are doing it themselves, what parts do you actually physically have to do first? So I suppose taking for somebody to go out and buy a commercial vehicle um, and then they bring it home and they look in the back of it and then it can be quite daunting in terms of thinking, wow, where do I start? This is a big space. Um, What am I going to do? And and the first thing I always say to people is, get yourself a cup of tea and a chair and a bit of marking paint, masking tape, whatever it may be, and have a sit in it and have a think about where you're going to put stuff. Um, Mark it out. Is what you've marked physically big enough to do what you think you're going to do in it? And don't rush it. A lot of people kind of get halfway through doing a build and go, oh, gee, I should have put this here. I should have. So take a little bit of time, clear out the back and have a little look and see what space you have and what what you need to put in it for you and then go from there. Physically, the first act in terms of converting any vehicle generally is to clear out what's in the back because if it's a used vehicle, it's had a previous life. So whatever that may be, you know, you need to clear it out and start with a bare shell. Um, From there the next most important step is planning what you're going to do before you cut any hole, before you do anything else. And then you have a, a plan in terms of where you're going rather than starting to do something and not really having a clear path in terms of where it's going to go. Um, generally speaking, then the, the next thing you're going to do will be 
to perform any cutting that you're going to have to do. So the likes of roof lights and side windows, electrical points in the sides, any of that stuff that involves cutting metal. Because no matter how you cut metal, um, you'll end up with metal filings and dust and stuff. And, and so this stuff needs to be protected away from the bodywork and the paintwork. And I'm getting a little bit technical here maybe, but just in terms of the stage, this is what you do. Um, but then we, we clean everything out and then essentially you have a, a proper clean shell start from all of your bare metal that you've cut has been filed down and anti-corrosion primed and then we can start insulating so once we've insulated then we can start um, initial wiring called first fixed wiring if you like um, we can then start doing panelling and flooring um, we can start okay. assembling furniture water systems um, then we can start putting stuff in like roof lights and so it's just step by step by step and and as I said before, any like obviously we're 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 selling stuff to people all day long, and and we spend a lot of time talking people through how to fit components that we sell them. Uh, as a, you know, we we do sell a lot of stuff online, and sometimes you get the likes of a a window arriving at your door, and you're going, well, gee, what am I going to do here? Um, so do pick up the phone and give us a call in terms of how you're going to go about it or as I said if you want to call in and have a chat over the counter that's also a very good way about it um, because uh, those few words of advice can go a long way in terms of saving somebody from wasting a lot of time or, or, or making mistakes that they don't need to make you know we, we've made them all already yeah and you're in in the business a long time as yeah. you said so the main kind of points I'm taking from that is do your research plan it out properly mm. because you know once it's done there's kind of no going back absolutely yeah. and take your time yeah yeah you know yeah. go slow like I, I suppose another thing that people t- think or when they go and buy a van they you know we get people coming in buying you know a big heap of stuff and think they're gonna complete this task in over the course of a few weekends and um that's not gonna happen you know, for somebody to convert a vehicle to, to you know, a, a, a decent standard, depending on the size of the vehicle and what you put into it, you're talking about hundreds of hours of labour. Um, so it's not something that's going to be done over the course of a weekend. But what can come in very handy if you're not... Uh, happy that you're you're competent in all of the skills required to draw on family members or friends or and generally speaking it's something that people will be happy to help with and and you know people enjoy the process and what's greatest about it all is when it's all done and you're finished or at least finished for now and you get to go away for the weekend you can sit down with your cup of tea your glass of wine your beer whatever it is and look out at the sea and think that you've done it you know and, and it's very rewarding it is. It's an accomplishment. And mm. go back to the vehicles, the height and the weight and the fuel type of the vehicles that you are going to purchase to convert. Does mm. that make a difference? Well, at the moment, any, any used commercial vehicle that you're going to buy pretty much across the board will be diesel fueled. Um the likes of electric commercial vehicles in that kind of size, really, you'd be talking about a new vehicle and you'd be talking about hybrids and you know, our vehicles with extremely short range in terms of electric. So that's not really an option at the moment. Um, in terms of heights and such, the, 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 the regulations around it are muddled. Um, and you know it's it's absolutely possible to to register a vehicle with a height of less than one point eight meters as a motor caravan um the the larger van obviously the likes of the Renault master the mercedes sprinter the fiat Ducato will have that one point eight meter height so to be able to step in and stand up 
is very convenient for the smaller vans the likes of transporters and Renault Traffics and, and, and Ford Transit Customs it's a very popular option to add a raising roof to those which gives you I suppose the benefit of being able to drive into a car park on a daily basis underneath a two metre height barrier but also when you're camping to raise that roof to give you that added height space and also then to get a, a, a bed in that elevating roof area. The elevating roof is an expensive option on those smaller vehicles yeah, but a good investment. Yeah, good, yeah, good investment long term. There are, you know, dozens of, of companies across England from small sheds making elevating roof systems um, for, for these vehicle types. Um, anything that we would supply would come from German manufacturers if they would have TUV approval and EC safety testing. Wouldn't come with a lot of the English stuff, but the costs are significant. You know, it's not something that you're going to kind of just throw money at in a whim. Um, and it, a lot of the time it wouldn't be a job for, for a self-converter. It might be something that you hand to a professional to do. And look, there, there are lots of conversions out conversion companies out there that we would deal with who would tackle individual jobs like that. So if there were parts of a conversion that you weren't happy to take on yourself or you didn't feel that you would compete, complete as well as maybe a professional would, then again, give us a shout and, and, and we can put you in contact with somebody locally who might take on a job like that. And then that includes anything from kind of electrical systems, windows, roof lights, uh, elevating roof systems. So, you know, whatever you can tackle yourself, there should be a professional locally who could be happy to help. And I want to talk about that. Uh, you mentioned, you know, professionals and if you can't do a job yourself that it, it would be a good idea to go to them. But it is a good idea to get advice on who to go to. And I we talked about this earlier. We don't want to scare people. But should people be cautious? Yeah, look, like, like anything, I suppose, if you're going to convert a commercial vehicle and, and, and you're not going to tackle the work yourself and you're looking for a company to do it for you um, there are a, a, a much greater number of companies which exist now that didn't exist three, four, five years ago and in ways that's a very positive thing um, because it gives people greater choice and it means that there is now a conversion industry in Ireland which didn't really exist four or five years ago um, but also like everything else um, you look people who may be in the industry trying to um, make a quick few quid so it's always wise to do your research if you're going to hand somebody a large amount of money to carry out work um on your vehicle always try to see examples of their previous work talk to previous customers talk to other people involved in the industry um to see who this person is that you're going to give money to because unfortunately of the last couple of years there have been you know at least you know, two examples of companies who have taken people's hard-earned money to carry out work and haven't completed it. And that's wrong. Um, and I'm sure it happens in, in every industry, but it, it's just a warning to people to be careful who they give their money to. And seek advice. Absolutely. Look, and, and I suppose the vast majority of people involved in the conversion industry in Ireland are genuine, decent people who have a passion for camping and camper vans so you know in the vast vast majority of cases you know there won't be anything to be concerned about but always always just make sure you're happy with who you're giving your money to and make sure you're happy with the standard of work that's being provided by them okay we'll leave it there look joe thanks a million for joining us yeah, on the good talk to you. podcast okay thank you 
If you'd like to read or listen to more of our content, go to the AA blog, www.theaa.ie forward slash blog. And you will, of course, find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook and TikTok. Please subscribe to the podcast. And until next time, goodbye and be safe.